Welcome everyone to Nintendo Podcast, your source for all things Nintendo. I am Eric, aka Sulior. And this is your friendly neighborhood news anchor, Durka, reporting for duty. And I wanted to take a moment and say happy belated Thanksgiving to everybody. Happy Black Friday. Hopefully nobody got trampled at the store. I doubt that's happening these days, but especially with, you know, Cyber Monday and all that going on nowadays. So not as much trampling these days, but still happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. We are coming at you on Sunday after Thanksgiving, but still the uh, emotion or the uh, sentiments there nonetheless. Of course. What have you been up to? Well, let's see. I Before we get into any gameplay, actually, um, how was your Thanksgiving? We did nothing. Pretty much that was uh, well, I mean, we did go over to my mom's house and right. got to hang out with my family for a little bit. But other than that, you know, it's just been pretty chill. It's nice to, to have a day to take to yourself and be lazy. So, yeah, so that's um, working. People don't get to do that very often. Yeah. Um, well, I had some friends over the Friday before Thanksgiving and um we cooked a 22 well i cooked a 22 pound turkey that i got <laughs> from my work and that nice. was my first tur- well, that was my first turkey cooking so um it was really good i had some friends over and then most nice. of my friends that came over like don't eat certain things so like i had gluten-free oh. people and i had people that you know won't eat meat like the the person i like she um hopefully she doesn't listen to the show but hopefully <laughs> Someday she'll actually start eating meat, but she's a vegetarian, so she didn't eat any turkey. But she liked the fact that I was actually cooking the turkey. Um, I never cooked one myself, so yeah, I know it takes hours and hours to do. So, so you gotta make sure it stays juicy. Yeah. Um. So we cooked it. Joe and I were cooking it together, actually, and we stuffed it with stuffing and all that stuff, and then we cooked it on high for a couple hours and then we then we turned down the the heat so it cooks slower throughout the time so yeah yeah so you charred it on the outside and then kept the inside okay yeah Yeah. i was gonna say it did look a little black but yeah it it was really good and then there was this one girl that uh that ended up coming as well and she she's like my little brother she can't eat a lot of a lot of things she's allergic to a lot of things oh but she really wanted one of the legs because she likes the dark meat yeah i'm the same way yeah i like the dark meat as well like normally turkey is pretty dry for me well and it's that way with chicken with me too like i prefer the dark meat uh, so so as the like as the turkey finished and we got all the food on the table and everything i like on purpose cut one of the legs off and like put it on our plate before we even started eating was like you wanted nice. a leg, you get a leg. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna serve you the best of what of what I can. And um, <clears throat> it was fun. We had we had a bunch of fun. We had a huge dinner. Um, and turkey and, legs are just so much better than chicken legs. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, it was pretty good. Um, we hung around the table, had food. Um, we had some some dessert, pumpkin pie, and then we had some gluten free cheesecake cupcakes or whatever nice for yeah those who were eating um gluten-free but the uh the pie that we got the pumpkin pie was a no-bake pumpkin pie you ever had one of those before uh i know we looked into them um i don't know if i've actually had one or not but i know i, I know of them right so so what it what it was is it's not baked it's basically like the crust and everything with like the actual like i guess the i guess it's the filling but it's like it's not baked it's like a pudding or like yeah. a, some type of thing with like the the foam or whatever. Um whipped cream. Whipped cream, yeah. Uh, I can't think words today. But um basically what ended up happening was um I ended up eating that, but when Kylie like was like, Yeah, here's a no bake pie, and I was like, Wait, weren't we supposed to like bake that first? And she kind of looked at me, she's like, No, it's a no bake. So I like just sat there staring at her with like <laughs> with these eyes i'm just like what like uh, and what? she's she was like she looked at me she was like thought i was being serious but then i realized what a no-bake pie was it wasn't actually something you're supposed to bake anyway yeah that's um, why I call it. it's called no-bake right so then i basically like 
had to let her know that the stare that I gave her was a joke. It wasn't, I wasn't super serious. Like, I, uh, okay. I thought it was funny. Um, but yeah, the pilot, supposed to like bike it or something. <laughs> uh, right. Um, but it, it was, it was fun. We had a bunch of fun with people and then some people left. And so, uh, Kelly, myself, Joe, Kylie, and then, um, Ellie is is the girl that couldn't eat pretty much anything, mm. but she was able to eat a lot of food that we had, so that was good. Um, yeah, so she felt included. Yeah, she felt included, which was good. And so we played poker, and I actually got the hookah out because I also was drinking whiskey. <laughs> um, nice. But some of my friends didn't know that um, that I drank whiskey, um, and they were kind How of. How did surprised. they not know that? I have no idea. Um, it's a lot of like it's a lot of my friends that came over are like church friends and they go to like these worship things and stuff like that Oh, and like i had to even ask i was like is it okay if i have a drink like because i know people were gonna have beer but then i brought whiskey out because i realized some people wanted whiskey um like kylie was gonna drink some i was gonna drink some and then there's a guy nick that was like, wanted to, uh, okay. which i was fine i had to like double check with you know the two girls that were there <laughs> i was like i'm actually smoking it and they're like yeah we're, we're we're okay why are you asked like i'm not gonna bring something out and like that you guys don't feel comfortable with co3 so, of a kind and i bump you up a full house what do you think of that <laughs> no but we were playing all right so it was the, the four and kelly those the three of us left and ellie has like this amazing poker face <laughs> and it seemed like she knew, like she she had like a crap hand, and I had like a crap hand, but she had like a card higher than I did, and like I couldn't tell she was bluffing. Her face is just amazing when it comes to being a poker face, and she's cute, but um, <laughs> that probably also didn't help on my case. But um, please, I hope they don't listen to this show. Um, <laughs> but I hope they do. Um, but yeah, so that was pretty much my Thanksgiving. Um, I pretty much just stayed home. John and Kylie went out yesterday to a family's, I think like Joe's grandmother's or something like that. But yeah, I pretty much just stayed at home. Um, but going, kind of going into my gameplay, I've been playing a little bit of the Switch. I played some of the demo for Age of Calamity. Um, I played awesome. a little bit of... Um, um, I forget that name of that game. It's like some banana uh, shooter. I forgot the name of it. No man or uh, my friend Pedro. My friend Pedro. Yeah, I played a little yeah. bit of that, but then after a while, I kind of got bored. I kind of want to get back into Animal Crossing. But, yeah, because uh, the Christmas events are going to be starting soon. Right. So I might, I might get back into that with Chaz, <laughs> mainly because he's waiting for his PC stuff. He's waiting on a graphics card and a cooler. Um, but pretty much just gonna. Uh, but then, yeah, yesterday I got back into Atlas. Um, one of the guys from the Black Plague Company on official reached out and he was like, hey, I'm starting this up again. Would you be interested in actually playing? And I was like, yeah, I can I can get back on. So I re-downloaded Atlas. Please, God, help me. Um, <laughs> and started playing again, which was fun. I spent probably most of my day yesterday just playing this game again and like actually doing Did you stuff. get a better island? No, we actually ended up. Um, so it's official, so it's not on the Hive server. Oh, um, okay. So we actually found, we actually allied up with um, 
they were neutral to us and they were against I think they were against pirate law because pirate law kind of backstabbed them and they kind of backstabbed us as well. So we joined this new alliance, which is pretty good. Um so far it seems. I don't know. But we ended up going onto their island. They gave us um the smaller end of the island, but I feel like we still get the short end of the stick when it comes to it. Um, which I told uh Lord Solrim, I said, Hey, we need to uh yeah, we need to eventually figure out where we're going to actually be on, if we're going to have our own island or if we're going to just stay on their island and actually go and raid people and stuff, which I'm okay with that too. Um, but, yeah, I played a lot of Atlas. Uh, I streamed it. If you guys, awesome. if anybody listening wants to watch it, it's on my Twitch, twitch.tv. Slash. I did not get alerted about that. Why didn't? Otherwise, I probably would have hopped in for a minute. Yeah, I was streaming for about seven, eight hours all day yesterday. Weird, because I, I mean, I do have alerts set for you. Oh, do you? Yeah, I don't know why I never got alerted about that. Huh. Huh. Weird. Yeah, um, this week I probably won't be streaming at all, but I'm planning on trying to raise money for Toys for Tots uh, for my birthday. I got awesome. like, uh, a goal of like 2K, and I got like 25 bucks so far. Um, <laughs> which, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'll make 2000 <clears throat> Goals to get a couple hundred bucks. Hi, family. Get on that. Right. People are listening. Get on that. Donate a dollar if you want. That helps a lot. Um, but yeah, uh, been working on that. Um, and then uh, Echo is starting up. Again so it's January, like there's so a time of the year where the seed happen and then they, you guys take a break and then yep. practice and then so yeah. the season nice. starts again in, in January um but it's like the preseason so we're going to be like doing a lot of practice and stuff for yeah. starting here this next week I think we'll do like one or two days a week and just like scrimmages scrimmages and, and work on passing and stuff like that uh we lost a player we lost one of our mids um, which sucks because he's a really good player. Um, oh man! But gonna try to get one of my other, one of the other guys that joined before. He broke his headset and he got a new headset. <laughs> that so, sucks. He was a really good player as well, so we might get him back on the team. Hopefully, fingers crossed. And then we have a striker, but he's not really replying to any messages. So I'm gonna have to like figure out how to to see if I'm actually gonna keep him on the team or boot him. Hopefully, he'll he'll actually reply. He's a pretty cool kid. Um, and then we got this one guy named Mitos or uh, Mitos. He's he's a pretty good, uh, pretty good player. Um, he's like 13 though, which is like the number <laughs> age for for players. Which it was him and then another guy, and our team decided we'd pick him instead because mainly because he was young and we felt like it would make his day to include him on the team. Which he's been pretty loyal. He's been playing a lot with us, so that's pretty good. Um, but yeah. Uh, that and then uh, Formicast, um, your source for anything amp keeping. Uh, there's a new episode launching tomorrow morning. Awesome. Um, so that's it's basically on harvester ants. It's the the ant species that I keep actually, um, which kind of <clears throat> kind of basically just talk about the episode a little bit. Uh, my harvester ants are actually living on the roof of their um, of their nest. They like are all up like on top of the 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 nest. I thought that was pretty interesting. Huh. Um but yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty much it for me uh as gameplay and what I've been going on with me. But how about you? Well remember how I was talking about um crypto the necrodancer last mm-hmm. time? Yeah. So it I finally did beat the first zone. Mm-hmm. But the second zone, oh my god, man, that's really crazy. So I found out that if you actually, you have a shovel to begin with, mm-hmm. and you can eventually upgrade it to like a pickaxe and stuff like that. But if you've got, if you buy the upgrade, you can actually find it in the level. Mm-hmm. But digging actually does help because there's some hidden rooms that are behind walls. You just have to look, and that's how you like upgrade your weapons and all that. And I eventually did get past the first zone, but I, in the second zone, there's dragons that'll show up. There's mentors, there's on or like Talos type things like golems. It's insane. 
So basically, you have till the end of the song to complete the whole zone. And usually, I think zones are like four levels. So you have to get through, beat the boss of the level, move on. And then there's like a zone boss, which the one that I beat was like an orchestra band, like a, a almost like a lounge band where there was a bassist, there's a keyboardist, there's, you know, a harpist or whatever. And then you just have to kill them all. Yeah. But uh, zone two, yeah, I didn't stand a chance. So I still <laughs> haven't. But um so I was playing that for a bit, and then I've been playing a lot of Age of Calamity. Oh, nice. So I know there's been some people dumping on it, but I actually really like it. And I'm not a big Hyrule Warriors fan. I couldn't stay interested in the first one, but this one is a lot of fun. And I'm only through, like, chapter three or four. But I, that's because I've been doing all of the other missions where like the training missions and where you and then you collect materials and, you know, supply them to all the different people in the in these areas to where shops will open up and stuff like that. So I've been taking my time with it, not just plowing through the story missions. And you can actually pay to train the champions and all that. Nice. So, um, so far, I've just got the champions and then Impa and Zelda. And like I said, you can actually pay to train them. You don't have to just work with them. So that's another thing is you can go around in these levels and collect rupees. And you can sell weapons also that you don't use unless you want to pay to fuse them and make the weapon you're using stronger. So, and then, like I said, it's the story of what happened a hundred years. So you're like, you go through and you actually play through these missions to recruit the champions. Mm -hmm. And then you take on other missions later on in the story with the champions. So it's kind of like the story of how the team came, came together to fight Calamity Ganon and then go on, proceed with the war. So, like I said, the play, like, I just couldn't get into the first one but i think the game style fits the story mm -hmm. for what they're going for so i've actually really been enjoying this one so that's what i've been playing as far as nintendo and then we both have been working on assassin's creed oh, Valhalla yeah. when we're not I, playing that shoot i totally uh, forgot about that that game is so good oh my god yes i hadn't uh, played an Assassin's Creed game since Black Flag, which I still need to finish. But this one's been amazing. Like, I haven't played a Odyssey or Origins or, like, anything since Black Flag. But this one's been awesome. Yeah. And raiding is so fun. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. I love once, going to the monasteries and just taking people down. And... Once I got the hang of using the Hidden Blade... And then, like, combining that with the stomp action, like, the stomp ability. Like, there's one raid that I kept getting killed. And I was using my shield. But those tanks that have the flails, those were god-awful. But once I got the hang of the hidden blade mechanic, like, it made it a lot easier. Because, But those those guys who have the steel armor and shields, I still haven't mm -hmm. killed one of those. Oh, yeah. Those are really hard. But I think you need to be at least, like, at 90 strength or something to really have a chance against them. So I don't know if you've encountered one. You know, they, they patrol, and they're yeah. like usually riding a horse. Yep. I ran into one, and it killed me in one shot. Um, yeah. yeah. They're, they're not easy. But I love, like, investing in your settlements and, like, going on raids to get supplies and then investing in your settlements. I think I've bought, like, six or seven, like, huts for these things. The thing is, like, I've only killed three targets so far, as far as the assassin targets. But I need to find clues for more. Um, I haven't bought that, or I haven't paid for the Sears hut yet. That's the next on my list. Yeah. So, but you get to meet, and one thing about these games is you always meet historical figures. I didn't know that Ragnar Lothbrok from Vikings was a real person. Yep. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I guess he was. So I. Um, for those who are listening, if you haven't 
played it yet, definitely check it out. If you have played it and have gotten to the part where you meet uh, Ivar, Ragnarsson, and uh, Ubra, um, Ivar, the real Ivar, was actually Ivar the Boneless. He was actually a crippled. Um, yeah, so there was that, a codex page on him about that said that. Yeah. And they said they weren't sure why he was named that, whether it's because he had like a, a bone deformity or mm-hmm. if uh, yeah. he was just so fluid in battle, it was like he didn't have bones. He uh, he was born that way, I believe. Um, I'm a I'm a big history nerd, um, which when I saw him like walking around normally, I was like, oh, this hurts. Like he was actually a cripple, though, like. It's yeah, still it's, it, it's still a fun game. I still love it. But it's have funny, you, uh, like my wife is such a history buff, especially British history, that she was oh. saw me at one of the sink spots. Uh-huh. She saw me do that whole thing and she was like, Is it sad that I can tell that that's England? Like mm-hmm. ancient England. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what were you saying? Um have you voted for um Assassin's Creed Valhalla on Game Awards yet? No. Yeah, I should definitely do that. But yeah, I'm to the point where I've, I'm working on the two-part mission with them where they're trying to find that king. Because I raided that castle with the uh, Ragnar's sons. And um, I've done the first part where you got to go to that temple and mm-hmm. find his the king's wife. But yeah. I haven't done the second part yet. Spoilers for anybody who hasn't played this. But uh, yeah, right. you do uh, team up with the Ragnar's sons. Nice. I should probably get the other Assassin's Creed on Switch and play that on that too. Black but, Flag or the the Rebel Collection. Rebel yeah. Collection. Yeah, I keep saying yeah, I'm sure. going to get it and I never do. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I wanted to uh, shout out to uh, Katie B or Kelsey Buck, mm-hmm. uh, one of our friends from the Hive and your co-host, right? Of um, on Tapes from the Waste. Yeah, Tapes from the Waste. Which uh, new which- episode is out now? Check it out. Totally. I haven't checked it out. I'm going to listen to it tonight. Um, but I actually did the worst segment on that one. Nice. But I have a five-star rating and review here by KDB. Recommended. Five stars. Two impassioned and knowledgeable Nintendo fans slash hosts bringing a great uh, collection of news and walks from memory lane of Nintendo lore and characters. Highly recommended. Thank you so much, KDB, for that. Yes. By the way, were you getting a call in? Was I getting a call in? What do you mean? Yeah, I heard like the whole sound. Beep, beep. Oh, no. I don't think so. Okay. Weird. I wonder where that came from. Yeah, interesting. I didn't hear it. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, if anybody listening to the show, if you could do us a huge favor, leave us a five-star rating and review. We will read on the show. Yeah, Actually help us actually bring some more listens to the show I'm about starting the uh our our nintendo discord up to because you have one for formicast uh, so right um which i actually wanted to i'll ask you here live on the show because i talked about it on the episode um i was thinking we should do a crossover like um i think it'd be cool <clears throat> maybe we can get kdb on as yeah well. we're actually cool. and probably launch we're doing an episode next weekend about steel Dawn. like we're actually going to be on together oh nice as opposed to uh having our recordings done separately mm-hmm. so that'll be fun 
Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll, I, we'll figure something out. Yeah, I wanted to get on and play that as well, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they uh, surprised us all with that. I've, yeah. I've played a little bit of it, but I've been, I've been playing uh-huh. more Valhalla yeah. 76, to be honest. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, is there anything else you wanted to include in that, or should um, I get into the news? I, yeah, let's go ahead and get to the news. I can't think of anything else I've really okay. been playing lately. I did finish Marvel's you finished what? So, yeah, I actually finished the campaign campaign on Marvel's Avengers. So, oh, nice. Yeah, uh, they're adding the the way that's set up. I guess is going to be kind of like Fallout seventy six, where you buy the base game and then they'll just keep adding content to it for free. Right. There's a, um, a content pack having to do with Katie Bishop, the second Hawkeye. Yeah. That's going to be out here this coming month. So nice. But yeah. So but that's it. Nice. So I have four different uh, news things here for for those who are listening. Um, <clears throat> I have a article from Bloomberg here. Uh, Nintendo adds Sharp as assembler of popular Switch console. Um, so Nintendo company had added Sharp Comp- Corp as assembler of the Switch console, according to the people directly involved with the matter, as it works to stabilize production and hedge against U.S. and China trade tensions the video game giant has struggled to produce enough units for most of this year as the hit game animal crossing new horizons is stuck at home which is just hilarious considering the switch has been out for like three years now right um so while the coronavirus outbreak hurt production early on nintendo president shudorama fukusawa i i I really have our time. Your guess is as good as mine with these Japanese names. Shantaro Fukurama uh, said this month that output has returned to normal and the switch is now made in Malaysia, in addition to existing China and Vietnam locations. They just need to make everything in the U.S. Um, Bring jobs back to the U.S. Anyway, that uh, Malaysia factory is owned by Sharp, said the people who asked not to be identified because the information isn't public. So why put it on a public website? Uh, Nintendo's main assembler, Foxconn Technology Co., a key unit of Foxconn Technology Group, owns a shark, or sharp, sorry, not shark, sharp stake and helped connect the two Japanese companies they added. Shark continues to operate separately from its Taiwanese owner and stock will be added to the Nikki 225 stock average the next week after a four-year absence. Sharp <clears throat> shares were up as 2.8% Thursday, outperforming the benchmark benchmark topics and reaching their highest point since February, since Nintendo rose as 3.5%. So if you're going into start into starks into stocks, that's that would probably be a good good place to get into. Um, so if you want to learn more, I'll put we'll put this uh, link in the show notes for those who want to read that. Um, so for all you Mario fans, this is a sad day. Um, March twenty first or thirty first, two thousand twenty one is becoming an increased, increasingly depressing day for Mario fans, considering he serves as the company's mascot and generates more revenue revenue per day than than we could ever picture in our tiny minds. Nintendo sure seems hell-bent on ruining poor Mario's day next year. 31st of March 2021 is shaping up to be pretty Memorial Day in Mario's history, but for all the wrong reasons. On that day, Super Mario 3D All-Stars will no longer be sold physically and digitally. Super Mario Bros. 35s gets boosted off the Switch eShop, and the new Super Mario game and watch system will no longer be available to buy now poorly sold poor poor old super mario makers having its online services shut down mama mia uh so that's the deal what's the deal with the 31st of march well the only thing that immediately jumps out to us is the date it falls on turns into the financial year a time where we'll be starting something as a a reset for business around the world. Super Mario 3D All-Stars <laughs> limited availability 
could be seen as a tactic to boost sales and revenue figures in the current financial year, tempting fans to spend more cash quicker than they might usually they usually might. It doesn't explain Super Mario's 35's unfortunate cutoff. Um, give me a quick second. Let me let this cat out if you want to get your thoughts on that. I mean, to be fair, they did say ahead of time that it was going to be temporary, which is the only reason why I bought 3D All-Stars digitally. Um, it's because I wanted to get on that. Still, I don't understand why they made it made the digital version um, temporary. Like, I get the physical version, but why make the temporary, or why make the digital version temporary? I don't know. Didn't really make sense to me, but there you go. They did say up, up front, though, that it was going to be a timed event. So does that mean for the people who do have Mario 35, they won't be able to play it after this? Um, it doesn't say. Um, it's basically, it says as it stands, there'll be no more this come April 2021. Whatever reasons, the world will still have Little Mess Mario in it from that date, which is very sad thought indeed. It doesn't say if there's going to be um, that it'll remove it from everybody. Um, I don't know. Hopefully not, because I'm a pretty big yeah, Mario fan. Yeah, because it is fun. Like, yeah. Have you played Mario 35? No, I haven't. Not yet. Basically, you play Mario 1 and just keep playing, and when you destroy enemies, you can send them to other people. Yeah. So um, you just keep playing until you die. You just keep playing Mario 1 until you die. And then, mm -hmm. like I said, when you actually destroy enemies, you can choose to send them to other people to make their levels a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. So it is fun. Um, like I said, they did. They were up front that everything, like all the Mario 35 stuff, was going to end in March, which is why I did buy the digital version. Yeah. Um, because I, I was like, okay, there's no way I'm going to get the physical version, which isn't true because I see it all over the place now. Right. But, um, they were upfront with it at least. I don't know why they made the digital version a timed thing because like, come on, like, well, I don't know why they do stuff like that. Like they made the classic systems temporary too. like, they're not in production anymore, which it's completely ridiculous. It's like, okay, you've got this good thing going. Everybody's buying it. Why limit yourself like that? It, it's just like that. that's become kind of a trademark for Nintendo is they, they make something that everybody wants and then they don't make enough of it. Right. Like, I love Nintendo, but that's really frustrating for yeah. everybody who is a Nintendo fan. Um, some of the comments in here, uh, it's like 146 comments. There's one guy named TG16IsBay says, Nintendo is increasingly encouraging me to spend money elsewhere these days. Yeah, I can hear that. Sigh, only three weeks after Mario Day. What a shame. But yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think Nintendo fans or Mario fans are very uh, happy about this. I'm not happy about this. No. Well, next year is Zelda, so we'll see what happens with that because it'll be Zelda's 35th. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. So the next you know, I'm more of a Zelda fan than Mario. Yeah. <laughs> I love Mario, um, but I love Zelda. Yeah. Um, so a game called Sakuna of Rice and Ruin has already sold over 500,000 copies globally. Have you heard of this game before? No, I have no idea what that is. Me either. Um, so basically, it's an action crafting and farming game called Sakuna Rice and Rune. It's only been out for a few weeks now, but it seems like already a huge success. Um, so the company's executive, executive vice president, Hensi Hawashi, I think that's how you say, say his name, had to say about this milestone. We knew that Sakuna of Rice and Ruin had a, was a special game. It would have a broad appeal since our first meeting with Elderwis. The game has been in development in many years, and we've been beyond excited at the reception. It received global, globally from critics and consumers alike. Thank you for everyone who has accompanied Sakuna and her companions on their journey. I've I've never heard of this game. Um, maybe it's something I could look into. But yeah, um, we'll have to see how much it is. 
Yeah, but it's a uh, this this article and the article before is from Nintendo Life. We'll include these articles in the show notes, um, which we should be doing that. Um, and then I have one new news article, one more news article, which uh, basically Pokemon reveals their twenty fifth anniversary logo and teases a very special celebration. So it's basically Pikachu's face without the face, and it has a two and a five. That's twenty five. I think it's pretty cool. Um, which the link will be in the show notes. The Pokemon Pokemon Company has begun teasing plans to celebrate Pokemon's 25th anniversary next year. A group of Pikachu danced to the Pokemon theme uh, theme song in New York's Herald Square on Thursday as a part of a Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I haven't seen that yet. Um, and following the performance, the group unveiled a large banner featuring the official logo for next February's milestone birthday celebration. The Pokemon's company International invites fans around the world to stay tuned for more information for the very special upcoming celebration of Pokemon's 25th anniversary in 2021, the firm said in a press release. So that's pretty sick. We'll also include this article in the show notes. So um, for the news, that's pretty much it. I do have some sales and deals going on. It's pretty pretty good sales and deals. Um, we have Tis the season. Tis <laughs> the season. We got some uh, cyber deals going on right now, uh, which ends on the second of December, um, including Marvel Ultimate Alliance: The Black Order for forty seven ninety nine, Borderlands: The Game of the Year Edition is seventeen ninety nine, uh, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening is thirty nine ninety nine. If you haven't listened to our uh, Link's uh, Link's Awakening episode, definitely check that one out. Yeah, it's one of our earlier ones. Um, yeah, um, which was uh, no, just an average show at the time. <clears throat> um, <laughs> and uh, you can get Cuphead for fourteen ninety nine. Xenoblade Chronicles two is uh, thirty nine ninety nine. You can get the uh, uh, the DLC pack for twenty six seventy nine. Uh, the game Hades or Hades is I think it's Hades. Uh, Hades, yeah. Yep. Uh, Super Mario loves Party, it. yeah. Super Mario Party is thirty nine ninety nine. Just Dance twenty twenty one twenty nine ninety nine. You can get Skyrim for twenty nine ninety nine. Diablo three twenty nine ninety nine. Dark Souls Remasters twenty bucks. Uh, Mario and Sonic the Olympic Games is thirty bucks. Um, Doom thirty bucks. Uh, Monster Hunter Generations is fifteen ninety nine. You can get Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, is also $29.99. Outer Worlds, if you haven't got that yet, is $30. Dragon Quest Builders is $24.99. You can get Two Point Hospital for $20. You can get Demon X Machina for uh, $39.99. Burnout Paradise Remastered is $30. New Super Lucky's Tale is $27.99. The Lawn Dark is $23. 44 that's a kind of weird price um slay the spire is 14.99 uh terraria is 14.99 castle crashers is 8.99 uh nita kuni uni is 14.99 that's a pretty good steal it used to be 49.99 um crash team nitro fueled is 20 bucks mortal kombat 11 is 14.99 uh, Super Hot is $14.99, but I'd suggest getting it on uh, on VR. It's better on VR. Um, Shovel Knight is $29.99. We also have some deals on uh, great deals on Super Giant games until the second of December. You can get Hades for $29. Oh, not sorry, not $29. Uh, $19.99. Bast- uh, Bastion or Bastin is $2.99. That's a really good game. Chaz int- uh, introduced that one to me. Uh, Transistor is $3.99. We also have some Sega games on sale. You can get Sonic Mania for $10. Sonic Forces, $10. You can get um, Sega Genesis Classics for $15. Um, you can also get Sonic the Hedgehog Sega Series for $5.99. Sonic 2, $5.99. Um, and there's some other games as well. Sonic Mario and Sonic Olympic Games, thirty bucks. Uh, and t- Team Sonic Racing is twenty bucks. Oh, also you can get 
Super Mario, not Super Mario, Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz HD for 20 bucks. Um, there's some Devolver Digital Cyber Deal sale going on right now. You can get my friend Pedro for $9.99. It's a really good game. Um, almost beat it on Xbox and then didn't play it for a bit, but I have it on Switch. Um, and there's some other games there as well. Um, but uh, we also have some Capcom. There's a lot of games on sale right now. Um, you can get Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate, $15.99. Um, Dragon's Dogma Dark Horizon is 15 is 15 bucks or $14.99. Sorry. Uh, Capcom's Beat-Em-Up Bundle is 10 bucks. You can get Resident Evil 0 for $12.99. Resident Evil $12.99. Resident Evil 4, $14.99. Uh, Resident Evil 5, $14.99. Resident Evil 6, same price. Um, you can get Resident Evil Revelations 1 and 2 for $7.99. Uh, am I boring you? Mega Man 11 is $14.99. Mega Man X Legacy Collection 1 and 2 is uh, $9.99. And, okay, that's weird. Mega Man Legacy Collection is Here, Keep going 10, for a second. Yep, $10.04. Which is a weird price. We'll just make it ten bucks. Uh, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection is fourteen ninety nine. We also have some two K publisher sale going on right now. You can get games such as Civilization for thirty bucks, NBA Two K Playgrounds Two for seven forty nine. You can get W Two K eighteen for nineteen seventy nine. Bioshock. The collection and Bioshock Remastered twenty nine ninety nine and eleven ninety nine um, for Bioshock Remastered one and two is eleven ninety nine. Borderlands, all the Borderlands game are on sale. You can get Game of the Year editions for seventeen ninety nine. The Handsome Collection is twenty three ninety nine. Legendary Collection is twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, XCOM two collection is nineteen ninety nine. If you're into golfing, uh, like my buddy Sean, he's a he's a golfer, pro golfer. Um, he you can get that for PGA Tour 2K21 is $29.99, but golf bores me, so I don't play golf. Um, and then for all those NBA fans, you can get NBA 2K21 for $29.99. Everyone, be quiet. We need to let the we need to hear the grass grow. Yes, I think this guy is. He's probably going to get this shot in two to three shots. We'll see. Oh my gosh! Oh wait, I can't yell. Sorry. Man, I was about to make fun of wrestling. Um WWE <laughs> 2K Battlegrounds is also on sale for $23.99. There's I have that of... on Xbox. That's pretty fun. Is it? It's more yeah. arcade style than um the traditional 2K series. Yeah. So there's a lot of games on sale. So if you want to check out those deals, go to Nintendo.com slash game slash sales and deals. All right, that's it for sales and deals. That's it for the news. All right. So we are going to be continuing our Pokemon series with Gen 4. So I did see some sort of article when I was doing my research saying that leaks have pointed to Gen 4 remakes, but those remain to be seen. I know everybody. that's what everybody wants now is, where's my Gen 4 remakes? So uh, they... I. I guess they're working on it. So I have a, I have a suggestion. I have a suggestion. Okay. Y'all should finish your Gen 3 remakes first. <laughs> there was a Gen 3 remake. I know. I'm just making fun of people who haven't finished it yet. Like myself. Uh, <laughs> hey, I had fun with it, too. I, mm-hmm. I Yeah, we talked about it last week. So mm-hmm. they were quite fun. So Gen 4, in, it, I guess the Japanese name for it is Dayon Sendai. I hope I said that right. I think that was right. Dayon Sendai. What about Hyundai? <laughs> Hyundai? Yeah. So there was a lot that was introduced in these generations, just like every generation, I guess. But I mean, graphically, it wasn't a lot different than Gen 3. But well, I know I take that back. There was there was it, there was a little bit of a graphic update. But um, I, one thing about the ds generation like the original ds generation is they're like okay we're gonna get as much use out of the touch screen as we can 
And that was evident, particularly in the Gen 2 remakes that were a part of Gen 4, the Heart Gold and Soul Silver games. So basically, you hit the Y button to bring up the menu, and then you everything else after that's touchscreen. And there were Zelda games on the original DS generation that made that everything you did was touchscreen, even movement. So, I mean, I guess if you got it, flaunt it, you know? Uh, they were just kind of experimenting with it. But the game, the, the plot in Gen 4, the, I guess the setting in Gen 4 is Sinnoh, which is an island in Japan. And it's not, it, it doesn't, you know, touch any other area region like other ones did. So, you know, let's uh, let's get some. So, Gen Four introduced a number of advancements, including new Pokemon moves and mechanics and gameplay features. I didn't know this, but I guess chronologically, um, Gen Four takes place around the same time as Gen Two. Like, so the events of Gen 4 happen around the same time as Gen 2. I didn't know that. I never really thought about that, to be honest. So it follows, it follows, uh, I guess that the protagonist, um, one thing that's, like I said, um, eventually the, and the rival, became your friend as opposed to some person that is just being straight up mean. So my dog is eating my cat's food. Pippa, get out of there. <laughs> anyway, um, that's sure what my that wife too. was going on about. Hmm. So um, my wife, my wife. Yes. Um, so the main antagonist, like evil organization is team galactic in Gen 4, and their plan is to make it a whole new world. So basically what they want to do is destroy the world that we're in and a new one. So that that's their motivation. So, it, I mean, it, and like I said, Gen 4, I guess, technically, uh, that Heart Gold and Silver games are a part of Gen 4. So let's get on to some more information here so the third game in the series is platinum so it's diamond pearl and platinum and one thing that's interesting is that the third game in the series actually changed a little bit from the first two like the main games so the gym leaders so they the order in which you go and take them on changed a little bit so instead of um, going against one gym leader, like third in the line, it, you actually go and find a different one first. Another thing that they added is there are a lot of the evolutions that they were going to include in Gen 2 actually happened in Gen 4. So the grass evolution for Eevee, Leafeon, was actually supposed to happen in Gen 2, but that got scrapped. Um, Tangela. That evolution happened in Gen 4. Um, Magmar and uh, Electabuzz's evolutions finally happened in Gen 4. So, yeah, um, I thought that was kind of cool. And you had to get specific to go to like a specific area for some of them to happen. I guess that was new. Um, I guess Gen 4 has the most number of legendary Pokemon out of any gen. And that's still true to this day. So um, inventions from Gen 4 and 5 were hinted at in the third generation games like Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald. So if you go to the Devon Corporation building on the second floor, you see various scientists working on computers. You know, that's, yeah, that's something that happens in a lot of the games where you go to these, you know, technology, like scientist buildings. And they'll say something along the lines of, hey, you know, we've been working on this, but we haven't gotten very far. Or, hey, we've been working on this, and yeah, we're making some good progress. Mm. So I guess things that were hinted at in Gen 3 at one of those buildings actually happened at, in Gen 4, which is kind of funny. So um, the games officially came out in North America on April 22nd of 2007. 
So, of course, they happened first in Japan. They were released actually in 2006 in Japan. And in the UK, they were released on July 27th of 2007. So other games that were in like the fourth generation era, um, there was a new Pokemon Stadium game, which is called Pokemon Battle Revolution for the Wii. Uh, Pokemon Ranger, there were a couple of Pokemon Ranger games that came out around this time. There was Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, there were a couple of those, and then Explorers of the Sky, which is an, I think another Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. So. A, a few uh, Pokemon from Gen 4 actually joined Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Um, mostly, no, most notable would be Lucario, which I think I mentioned this before, I think is one of my favorite Pokemon of to this day. I, just, I love Lucario. So let's see what else we got here. So they definitely make use of the Wi-Fi in... The Gen 4, so there's Pokemon contests that use Wi-Fi. Um, this is when the global trading, uh, I think they call it, call, call it a GTU, or, or global trading unit. That's when this first starts happening, which I wish we had in the first three gens. You didn't have to use a link cable. You can actually trade with people across the world. Which, why didn't they do that with the Switch? I guess they didn't really... It's a little bit different with the Switch as opposed to the DSs. So, um, starting to talk about Gen 5 here. Um, so, with Gen 4, they had a mechanic called the Poketch, which is like a smartwatch. And that's how you do... a lot of, That's where you're... Things like your bike or the item finder, things like that. That's where the poke edge comes in, where you just tap the screen. Like I said, they really made use of the touch screen with this. So like with item finder, you touch a spot on this little map, and you're at the center of the map. So you touch this symbol, and it kind of sets out like sonic waves from that spot, and it'll let you know if an item is in the area. Um, another thing that they did with Gen 4 is the underground. So uh, part of the map of Sinnoh is actually underground. So there's little um, games that you can do where you can find items underground, and you can actually get your friends in on this, I think, if I remember right. So you can find like ore and stuff like that under underground. You can also set up traps for people. <laughs> so if you don't want them finding certain items, yeah, they had a few mini games like this, uh, secret bases that you can do underground. Um, it, I didn't really get into that a whole lot because, to be completely honest, most of my gameplay with Gen Four was on an app on my phone. Mm -hmm. I did have Platinum when I had a. Uh, DS. Unfortunately, I don't have that anymore. But when I did have a DS, I did have Platinum. So I did play legit a little bit. Um, another uh, Wi-Fi use that they included is voice chat. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's also Battle Online, which you would... Yeah, okay. Global Trade Station. That's what... GTS, not GTU. I apologize. So... Um, yeah, just once Wi-Fi came along, that was definitely a game changer. So, and that, and like I said, you know, it's still up if you have any DS games. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, the, the plot bases around Sinnoh, and I guess the Japanese name for it is Hokkaido. Hokkaido, H-O-K-K-A-I-D-O, if you're Japanese, and I butchered that. Please correct me. Mm. I am okay with that. So the main feature, I guess, it, yeah, it's based on the, it, I'm sorry, the Japanese, it's based on the Japanese island of Hokkaido. It's not um, the Japanese name for it, which I guess it is the Japanese name for it. It's just the Pokemon version of it. So, like I said, it's not directly connected to any other Pokemon region, and it's characterized by large snow-covered mountains like Mount Coronet, and um, it divides Sinnoh in half. 
And unlike previous regions, Sinnoh has a kind of a northern feel to it. It's the first area with snow-covered regions. And it's characterized also by three waterways, like three main lakes. There's Lake Verity, like on a triangle. And Unlike the Hoenn region, or mostly land, you know, land masses, and like I said, there's the underground um, mazes and all that. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's kind of the same deal with the earlier Pokemon games. You go, you take the gym challenge, and then there's the evil organization. Like I said, is Team Galactic. So as with all other. Pokemon role-playing games, Diamond and Pearl begin in the protagonist's hometown. Um, you view television and it covers the... There's a media thing about the Red Gyarados, which I guess ties into how it takes place at the same time as Gen 2, because after you catch it in Gen 2, it's not there anymore. So... Um, the Professor is attacked by a wild Pokemon. This time it's Starly. So... Anyway, yeah, it's uh, basically the same deal as previous games, which is why they eventually changed it up a little bit. Um, there's another uh, there's another game that was announced around this time. It was Pokemon Dash, yeah. which I believe is on the um, DS also. So, according to Suneke, Sunekazu Ishiura. Uh, Ishihara, Ishihara, Zunikazu, Zunikazu Ishihara, I think is how you pronounce that. Um, according to him, the games were designed with the DS features in mind, which was pretty obvious, all the Wi-Fi capabilities and all that, and the touch screen. Um, I guess... It's kind of cool, like, the original DSs, you could play Game Boy Advance games also on them. I wish later incarnations of the DS still had that, but no. Because I miss my Game Boy Advance games, too. So, um, that's probably why the original DS games were, I guess, compatible in a way with the 3DS. Or, I'm sorry, with the uh, Game Boy Advance. The command buttons in the battle screen are large and color-coded, according to Masuda. Uh, this feature would facilitate gameplay for players unable to read. Well, that's nice of them to think about illiterate people. Yeah. Um, the touchscreen interface was designed to encourage players to use their fingers rather than the stylus to manipulate the screen. Mm -hmm. Okay, then what's the point of the stylus? Um, most of the graphics in Diamond and Pearl were 2D with some 3D uh background elements um so yeah there was a little bit of an when it came to gen 4 not a ton but you know they explored the 3d elements more in gen 5 which we'll get to that so yeah the the release date for japan was september 28th of 2006 so not super long before america um let's see what else we got here um I guess the, the um, Nintendo of America's vice president at the time, his name was George Harrison. Hmm. I wonder how many other George Harrisons there are out there. So, like I said, Pokemon Platinum was kind of an enhanced version of Diamond and Pearl, and it was released September 13th of 2008 in Japan, March 22nd of 2009 in North America, and May 14th, 2009 in Australia, and May 22nd of 2009 in Europe. So, like I said, they did change things, the story up a little bit, not a ton. Um, but that's, I mean, sales, um, within 46 days, the game sold 3 million units. And this became the fastest DS game so, um, to date, fastest selling DS game to date. Um, that's almost twice the pre-sale numbers for Fire Red and Leaf Green. It's kind of surprising. Yeah. Um, 
the games were the seventh best-selling video games of 2007. So, yeah, it actually won the Best Handheld Game Award at G4's Jeforia in 2007. And it was nominated for the Best RPG. Um, in 2008, Diamond and Pearl were nominated for the British Academy of Film and Television Arts uh, Children's uh, Voting Award, I guess. That was a mouthful. In mm-hmm. yeah. um, IGN's Best of 2000 Awards, um, Diamond and Pearl were named the Best Online Multiplayer Game and Best RPG Game. So in 2006, the Famitsu Game Awards, Diamond and Pearl won Best Hit and Best uh, and Tied with uh, Final Fantasy XII for the Best Game of the Year. So that that's uh, I think that's pretty cool. And like I said, in uh, the Gen Four, it had the release also silver. Um, these are remakes, obviously, of Gen Two, and they also made uh, use of the touchscreen. Like I said, the menus were all touchscreen based. So I actually played these on my phone also, and that <laughs> made it a little tricky to navigate the menus because everything was touchscreen. You didn't hit a button and then use the D-pad to scroll up and down. You actually tap the button. You bring up the menu and then you tap the buttons in the menu. So it made it a little tricky to play it on <laughs> play a ROM version of it. Um, also with Heart Gold and Soul Silver, your Pokemon follows you around. Like you pick a companion to follow you around, which wasn't the case in the original Gen 2 games. You still have to trek back to the starting area after getting three or four areas in, which is, that was always annoying, but it was really cool to play the remakes of Gen 2. Maybe we'll see another remake of Gen 2. Yeah. Who knows? Um, Did you play any of these? Uh, No, I don't think so. I think after Gen 3, I was pretty pretty much done. Yeah, I had first played these maybe two or three years ago. Yeah. So I was late to the game on these also. So that's because I didn't really have a switch. And then I thought about it. I'm like, wait, I can actually play these on a ROM. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then I did get a DS for a while. Um, I guess Heart Gold and Soul Silver were released as a package with a pedometer called the Poke Walker, which yeah. allows par- Pokemon to carry their Pokemon with them. I didn't know that. I guess, you know, I guess that they kind of did the same thing with Pokemon Go, where they had the pedometer, the little uh, Poke Watch or whatever that alerted you to when Pokemon were nearby. So, um, yeah, I thought the Poke Etch was an interesting idea, but I'm glad that they didn't continue with that in Gen 5. Yeah. Because, like I said, I think they were just you know, so enamored with the idea of touchscreens that they wanted to use it for everything. And after a while, it's like, okay, it's cool, but still, there are other more efficient ways to do that. Yeah. So I didn't really watch the Diamond and Pearl TV show either. But, I, you know, I know a lot of people like it. So, unlike, and, um, yeah, that I think that's about it. Like I said, they just they were so it was the first, you know, generation on the DS. So they just wanted to it was kind of an exploratory generation. And maybe we'll see a re-release of it, like a remake of it soon. Like I said, that leaks tend to or seem to indicate that there are going to be Gen 4 remakes. Um, I The main um, legendaries in these, like Jurantina and I'm blanking on the other one's name. Uh, Palkia. I guess they're kind of the Pokemon that control space and time. So they're basically like gods. Mm-hmm. And when you actually go, I played Platinum mainly, and when you go and encounter Jurantina, he's in another g- dimension. So, I guess, you know, that was kind of crazy to encounter that. Yeah. So, I, I have to admit, though, Gen 4 is not familiar with. I was more familiar with 5. 
So, and it took me a while to actually complete Gen 4 for the first time. But I have. I have. It's just, it's, I haven't played much of it since then. But I'm all for a remake. So we'll see if they do release a remake of Gen 4 on the Switch. But yeah, that, that's about it as far as Gen 4. Sick. So. Yeah. So yeah, ne- next episode we'll be covering Gen 5. And uh, like I said, we will be... I am a little bit more familiar with Gen 5. No, nothing against Gen 4. Uh, it does have some of my favorite Pokemon in it. Uh, I'd say... Um, Luxray is probably my favorite electric type. Um, mm-hmm. And I love me some um, Lucario. Yeah. I did like, I, when I when I play Gen 4, usually I pick uh, Chimtar, the little monkey one. Mm-hmm. And I, they did introduce some different, uh, I want to say they introduced some different um, HM moves, like Rock Climb. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that being in, another, in Gen 3. It definitely wasn't in Gen 1 or 2. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think yeah. With Gen Four, that was the first of the many firefighting starter pairs, <laughs> which eventually everybody was okay. Enough of this, yeah. Because I think Gen Three, they were all just straight up. Well, no, I take that back. Um, the water starter in Gen Three was a water ground. Uh-huh. Which is a really difficult combination to beat. You had, <laughs> unless you had a grass type, which I don't normally play with grass types. Right. So. Cool but beans. yeah, as far as. Um, I know that yeah, our uh, our Sorry. next episode. Um, so this week we we have this episode coming out, and then my formicast went out. Um. My next Formicast podcast comes out on my birthday, on the 14th. Oh, after uh, tomorrow. Okay, that's what you mean. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. So, um, I don't know, maybe we could do like a, a birthday celebration and bring both shows together. I think that'd be cool. Do like that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I've got an episode of Tamarelk Adventures coming out tomorrow. I think I'm going to record it tomorrow. So Nice. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, is there anything else you can think of? Um, not that I can think of, yeah. Hey guys, this is your news anchor, Durka. Just wanted to let you guys know that at the end of this episode, when I started talking about the firearm that I had purchased for myself for my birthday, Craig decided to censor it um, for some reason. Or maybe just Craig decided not to work for some reason either. It left while we were recording, so I just want to let you guys know that it wasn't on us, it was on the bot. And I uh, wanted to let you guys know if you wanted to follow Eric or myself, you can follow Eric at engold08 on Twitter. If you want to check out any of his shows, he's the co-host of Taves from the Wastes and the host of Telmarillic Tom- Adventures, uh, a Elder Scroll podcast. If you're interested in Elder Scrolls, if you're interested in a Fallout, definitely check out those shows. If you're interested in following me on Twitter, it's tw- uh, twitter.com slash Game. You can also follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Durka does gaming you can also follow uh eric gold on on twitch as well he plays twitch.tv slash sulior if you want to check out my other show called formicast podcast your source for everything ant keeping you can follow me on that as well uh at formicast podcast so all right guys we'll see you guys in a week or two we'll probably do something for my birthday so keep your eye out on that Keep your ears to the ground for anything coming out on social media. And we'll see you guys soon. All right. We're out.